This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom. Righteously American. Hey there. Welcome. Welcome to the program today. Uh, So much to cover. So many things that we're going to dive into and discuss for today. Um, But we are also going to be doing a little bit of uh, soul searching here because um, if you've been paying attention to the news, you know that the president is under an unprecedented amount of attack. Um, it It is of the kind that makes you feel like, you know, What's the point of us doing all this stuff like voting and going out and doing what we do? What's the point of that when the president can just be basically the the attempt to remove him without due process against the will of the voters who sent him to the White House? It's just it's one of those things where you feel like, you know, it's discouraging. You feel discouraged. You feel um, you feel like someone who is powerless. But we're not powerless. We're Christians. We are saints, we are royal priesthood, we're clothed in white, we are the children of the Almighty. And one of the things that we can do, one of the things we must do, it is our mandate, is to pray, not just for ourselves and for the safety of our, you know, our husband and our kids and our, or, 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 you know, the communities that we live in, but also to pray for those who are placed in authority over us. And so there's a prayer that King Solomon prayed, and he prayed that prayer because he was coming into his own kingdom after watching his father rule. And his father was an amazing king, a man after God's own heart, David, King David. And he'd done just miraculous feats of valor. You know, he starts off as just a boy, a shepherd boy, delivering groceries, slaying the Philistines' number one standard bearer, Goliath, a giant of outsized proportion. And he just ran out there and he said, you don't insult the living God and slayed him, just put him in the ground. It was amazing. But he had missteps. He had uh, his family relations were just fraught with lots of problems from bad parenting choices, you know, lots of marriages that he didn't really need. Um, and just a, a sense of um, there was a lack of discipline in that area. And so it, it brought pain and destruction into his life and impacted the way that he lived, King David. And so his son, Solomon, the chosen heir to the throne, really wanted to come in differently. And he had his own troubles, Solomon did, but he asked for something that God loved. He didn't ask for long life or wealth. He asked for that thing that would make him a great leader. And so we can pray for President Trump in this way. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant an understanding heart to judge the people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this, your great, so great a people. So how do we pray this for the president? Well, and this is also, you know, you're praying this for the president, sure. But do you have, a, you know, a mayor, a municipal leader, a, a county executive, a, you know, whatever your elected officials are, this prayer can be prayed for any of them because they've been given a mandate by us, the voters, to lead us, but they still need our prayers. So praying the scriptures over any situation is the will of God. He, this is, this is a preferred method of praying. And so You can start at, and I was reading from 1 Kings 3, verses 7 through 9. So you can start right here at verse 9 and say, Heavenly Father, please give your servant, President Trump, or your mayor, or whoever you're praying for, um, please give your servant, President Trump, an understanding heart to judge your people, that he would discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge your people? And that is 
a good quick prayer that you can pray. Father, please give President Trump an understanding heart so that he's able to do what you've called him to do as the president of the United States. You know, please release justice into our land. Please give President Trump discernment on the way he behaves and the way he approaches situations. And please give those around him discernment so that they're able to give him wise counsel. That's how we can pray for the president. And then praying for our nation. I don't want to leave that out. And for that, we will go to Psalm 106. Psalm 106 is, it's kind of a tough Psalm because it goes into a number of different themes. It talks about doing what's right in the first five verses. The next six verses are about the sin of ingratitude. Um, Going forward, verses 13 through 18 are about human beings forgetting all of the great things that God does for us. It's as if God has never done anything for us. You know how it is when we get to grumbling and complaining. For me, I can't believe I'm no longer at the old place. What are you doing, Lord? What's happening in my life? That's not my role. Uh, You know, I've been appropriately rebuked. That's not my role to ask what what is God doing. I know he's going to work everything out for my good. I have to know that to worship God and to understand his sovereignty and to basically understanding his sovereignty means I know he's got me where he wants me and it's for my own good and he's going to work it out. The end, praise the Lord. Um, So that's what 13 through 18 is about. And then verses 19 through 23 are about the wrath of God because of the people's forgetfulness. Again, people forgetting what God has done for them. And it goes on. Psalm 106 is pretty long. I think it has like 45 verses. It goes from swearing, uh, God swearing, punishment uh, for, for certain behaviors, um, hearing the cry of the Israelites when the, after they worshiped idols and he punished them. Um, and it goes to verse 48. So the question is how to pray for our nation. And so the, in, in this way, we can pray for our nation. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Who can put into words the mighty deeds of the Lord or who can proclaim all his praise that is due him. Blessed are those who observe justice by honoring God's precepts, who practice righteousness at all times. Father, please remember America when you favor your people. Please visit her with your salvation and rescue the people of America. Father, please allow us to see the prosperity of your chosen ones. Allow us to rejoice in the gladness of your nation and allow us to glory in your inheritance. We have sinned like our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have behaved wickedly. Father, please help us to understand and appreciate your miracles. Please help us to remember the abundance of your mercies and please imprint your loving kindness on our hearts. Please help us not to be rebellious. Help us to turn away from our rebellion. Please save us for your own namesake. And you can go on, but that's the example that I want to give. That was verses one through eight of Psalm 106. And that's how we can pray for America. And the reason I'm giving that example here on the show for our encouragement today is that I want to make sure, um, first of all, to do the encouragement segment. We haven't had an official encouragement segment in a few days, and I've not forgotten about it. Um, but also because sometimes people will ask, they'll say, what can, you know, what can I do? What can, what should I do? What, what is there that I can do to help this situation in Washington, D.C. and, you know, in, in our nation? How can we help? Well, the primary thing that we can do is to practice righteousness, which includes prayer for our leaders and for our nation, and then to focus our minds on God, to be obedient to him, and to follow his leading and prompting through the Holy Spirit so that we can be pleasing to him. So I wanted to share that today as our encouragement, and I'm just like literally flying into the show today by the seat of my pants, which doesn't make any sense because I'm wearing a dress, but (laughs) I had a really great meeting today with uh, someone about some, some possible cool stuff we'll be doing here in the state of Missouri. So we'll see how that cracks out. I'm excited about it. And then I was able to get just a download of wisdom this morning um, from looking through these scriptures with a friend and just kind of reveling in the beauty and goodness of the Lord. So today on the show, you might be thinking, what are we going to talk about? What's on the show today? Like, what's all going on? Well, we're going to start off with Nancy Pelosi's comments on abortion. Um, So remember, Nancy Pelosi felt 
it necessary to fix her little old lips to, uh, you know, just have this discussion about what she feels is uh, a moral choice. I mean, I, some of the descriptors that Democrats use when they're speaking about abortion almost makes me think they don't know what it is. Anyway, um, I want you to hear Nancy Pelosi here, and I want you to hear what she's saying. When What you're listening for is obviously the speech was written for her. She wrote it. Somebody else wrote it. Probably somebody else wrote it. She says abortion bans ignore basic morality. She says a lot of things here, and I want to unpack them. So um, here we go. The unified leadership of NARAL and the House is urgently needed at this precarious time for women's health and freedom. Today, as we know, an all-out assault on women's reproductive freedom is sweeping the nation as Republicans seek to impose impose their abortion bans on millions of women in dozens of states. These bans violate the Constitution. They ignore basic morality. They imperil the health and well-being of countless women. And they showcase a radical Republican agenda that will stop at nothing to take away a woman's right to make her own decisions upon her, about her health, her body, and the timing and size of her family. But we all know the truth. Every woman everywhere has the constitutional and moral right to basic reproductive health care. The overwhelming majority of the American people stand with us in supporting a woman's right to make her own choices about her health, her body, and her family. We've won in the court of public opinion. Now we must continue to win in the court of law. We will fight to defend Roe v. Wade using every tool at our disposal. So one thing we do know is that they are exercising their ability to use every tool in their disposal, which is they're trying to execute a, a coup on the presidency. And they're doing that so that they can protect abortion. And I know there are people who would disagree with me and say they have a lot of other issues, the Democrats, that are, are more preeminent to them. But I would say no. I would say in the same way that I can use abortion as a litmus test for a candidate and pretty much be guaranteed that if they're on the right side of abortion, they're on the right side of almost every other issue that I care about. The Democrats can use that same issue to say, if you are pro-Planned Parenthood, pro-abortion on demand, pro-taxpayer-funded abortion, uh, you know, and codifying it as a so-called right, constitutional right, then you're probably going to be for larger government, the control of public education and, and higher education by uh, unions, just anything that you can think of that you would say that's anti-conservative, anti-liberty, anti-small government, then you're going to find that in a person who is also pro-abortion. Uh, so, and yes, I know there are people who are pro-abortion who are also pro-Second Amendment, but they are anomalies. Usually you find lockstep thinking and it emanates from this desire to spread abortion around. Now, let's 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 go a little further here. Um, Nancy Pelosi, as as the kind of standard bearer for the Democrats right now, is making this speech in front of uh, NARAL. She's there doing this because she feels it's it's a mandate for her. It's something important that she has to do because she owes NARAL and their constituency because they consistently vote for the Democrats. They are one of her primary donor bases. The taxpayer money that flows into Planned Parenthood goes back out to NARAL and then to Democrats. Sometimes it comes directly from Planned Parenthood to Democrats. Sometimes it goes out and it goes to these 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 other organizations. Um, they're a partnership. They're they're all together in the same uh, kind of team formation supporting abortion. So this isn't this isn't to set people off. Um, you know, or to to cause any kind of violent thought. It's just to inform you that that is the group. That is the side they're on. And the side that we're on is the side of the Bible. So, it, yeah, I believe in the Constitution. I'm all about it. Like, talk to me about the Federalist Papers. Enthrall me with your knowledge of the Constitution. Tell me you're my brother at arms because you believe in liberty that is, 
given to us by God and protected by the Constitution. Huge difference between the government giving you rights because the government giving you rights means the government can take them away. But if the government is protecting your rights, your rights remain and stand alone unimpeded, regardless of whether the government acknowledges them or wants you to keep them. You see the difference there? It's a huge one. And it is what makes America so different that the government doesn't provide our rights. It simply protects them. Oh, let's have a civics lesson up in here and get our Shaquille O'Neal shoulders going. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) that's the music. We'll be back with more after this. You stay right there. Stacey on the right. Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. This is how we do every day. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Welcome back. Um, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for your support via patreon.com slash Stacy on the right and paypal.me slash Stacy on the right. And also those who have mailed support, please remember that my last name is Washington um, so that things can be appropriately attributed to you. Um, so I mentioned this yesterday and I'm really kind of anxious to dig into it today because it is an issue that impacts everyone whether you have kids or not whether you're an athlete or not how athletics are done it happens to be a taxpayer concern because u.s taxpayers fund programs like title 10 so in funding title 10 the intention was to give girls an opportunity to compete in sports 
in the same manner that boys had always had. So boys sports were funded at the level or not the level at the boys sports were funded at the level of, Hey, you know, here's, here's, you know, boys sports. Here's, you know, funded by the school. Here's a boys football team, boys basketball team. Girls did not have that same opportunity. So girls sports were funded through the federal government. And it was a response to taxpayers saying, we want to make sure that girls have the same opportunities to at least compete. It doesn't mean that their sports are as well attended or that as many girls even participate. It just means that girls have an opportunity. So going from there, you have the transgender movement, which is the natural next step after you enshrine rights for um, people who choose the same sex lifestyle. One more time. We were warned. We were told. We know for a fact that after you say same-sex couples have the right to first cohabitate, first be, you know, decriminalization. And I'm not, look, this isn't a fight about whether or not it should be criminalized. It, the, the issue is we were on the spectrum to make it something that everyone has to say it's lawful. Now that we've gotten there where we're literally forced by the government to acknowledge it as lawful, then you get to a place where you literally have to say, did you hear me? You have to say, well, if same-sex people can get married, adopt kids, have civil rights, then what about people who think they're trapped in the wrong body? So the Democrats are busily working to make that illness, well, basically, to it's not an illness. Not only is it not an illness, it's something that no one is allowed to speak out against, and you have to then offer protections to it. Now, again, this isn't an issue about how we feel about something. It's the behavior and the public uh, reaction to it and the desire by some in America to make certain behaviors okay, well, basically criminalizing speaking out against them. So you can't speak out against a behavior. It makes it so that the free speech is limited and it therefore gives an almost criminal aspect to anyone who would dare to say something negative about said issue. So that brings us to this transgender issue. So um, political correctness has caused the left to literally eat their own because the left claims to be the party that protects women, that protects girls. They proclaim Republicans to be the party of old white men. Men can't understand women. Men can't understand women's issues, which is ridiculous because it does not a man who's married to a woman care about anything that would pertain to her doesn't a man who's a father of daughters and sons because their sons would eventually marry women right so we as humans care about issues that impact all humans we have gotten past a place in society where it is acceptable to simply relegate one sex or the other to second class status although liberals do want to relegate men to second class status so this entire This entire show, and I call it a show because it's done for the gaining of power and the procurement of votes. It's not about caring about people because if it was about caring, they would care, Democrats would, that girls who compete in sports and athletics are being harmed by their current cause du jour, which is transgenders. So they're all in on the transgender thing and they're advocating for tyranny. And while they're doing that, They've gotten corporate America to jump on board. Now, we've seen corporate America jump on board a number of different causes that don't make any sense. Gun control. um, Like, it's almost as if corporate America is trying to kill itself. Certain companies seem bent on their own destruction. And this is one of those issues. Of course, they've trained their eyes on kids because kids are malleable in their viewpoint. And if they can get your kids away from you long enough and teach them that transgenderism is just simply another sexual option, another way to live, then they've succeeded in subverting your role as a parent, subverting your authority. And more importantly, they've succeeded in making you uh, irrelevant, stealing from you your God-given birthright as a parent to mold and shape children in the way that God would have them to be molded and shaped so that they are arrows ready to be loose from the quiver. Come on, loose from loose from the arrow, pulled out of the quiver, loose from the arrow. So now you have Barbie, Mattel, 
different different groups that make dolls, creating products to cater to this less than one percent of our population. This is a number of people that is so small that if every transgendered person bought a doll, it still wouldn't make a dent in the doll sales because we're talking about multiple tens of millions of dolls sold per year. And the group that we're talking about numbers at around 800,000. There are about 800,000 transgendered people in America. There are people who are suffering from body dysmorphia or one of the attendant, uh, you know, mental things with that. There are 320 plus million people in America. So why would corporations seek to alienate themselves from so many other tens of millions of prospective customers by catering to 800,000 people, the majority of whom do not have children. I don't know. It, it is absolutely baffling that this is happening. So the idea here is to mainstream transgenderism and to make it so that there is no way that you can oppose it because it is just as ubiquitous as pink blazers, you know, uh, you know, anything else that apple pie, baseball, you know, coffee transgenders there you go so mattel which is the maker of barbies has created something called creatable world the website is creatableworld.com and they put out a video uh for their introducing their line of gender neutral dolls now i had someone reach out to me and say what can we do well first off first segment applies here pray for the leadership at Mattel, that they would come out of this fog of, uh, you know, deception and that they would step into their true role as creators of products that influence the minds of young, impressionable American children. That is a huge responsibility and they should govern themselves accordingly. Second of all, you can no longer buy, and this is a choice you make. I'm not telling you you can't buy Mattel products. I'm saying, you ask me, what do, what do I do? I'm telling you. Stop buying Mattel products. Now, we are all in this boat together because our kids are older. Um, they're, they're not playing with dolls. There's, you know, I'm not buying dolls now. But I have so many friends who they're either newly grandparents or their kids are younger than mine. Um, so this just means when you're searching for a gift for someone or someone says, oh, I got to buy a gift for an eight-year-old, you know, my nephew, my godchild, whatever – you're going to say, oh, well, don't forget not to buy Mattel products because they've got this whole transgender obsession going on. And your friend might say, oh, I'm not political. And you just say this isn't about politics. It's about American culture. Culture, it, it supersedes politics. Just do me a favor and don't do Mattel. It's not simple. It doesn't have to be a high pressure sell. The person can disregard what you've asked. A favor is something that you do voluntarily. But we're spending all of our time talking in amongst ourselves in an echo chamber saying, what do I do? Or I don't believe in this and talking to each other on Facebook or getting into arguments with people that we disagree with on Facebook. I no longer engage in that drama. You just get blocked if you're rude and testy. I may engage in one or two back and forths with you, one or two comments. But after that, if you're bent on your position and you're out to change my mind, then we're at an impasse. And what is the point of you continuing to engage? And if you will not disengage, I will simply ban hammer you out of my existence because I don't need it. I'm not here to argue with people. I'm sharing my opinion. You're welcome to share yours. Then we're done. There's no convincing going on from your end to me. And if you're not willing to hear my perspective and you certainly aren't open to the truth, then what is the purpose of me wasting my time? And so we have to stop being so concerned with what the reaction is going to be and be concerned with the fact that we have the truth to tell. And if we're arguing about things, we're not getting the truth out. Once you've shared the truth, bam, that's the end of it. And I, I know it sounds like you're saying, well, it's impersonal or you're blocking people. Yes. Yes, I am. What can you do? I'm not Donald Trump, so you can't take me to court about it. And if you're engaging me for the purpose of causing an argument or dissension, the purpose of bringing some kind of anger, um, you know, some kind of negative feelings into my existence. I already got enough of that going on. I consume a ton of news. I'm consuming a lot of angry, negative information already. Don't need your help. Thank you. So I believe our job here is to tell the truth. Mattel has aligned themselves with 800,000 or so mentally ill Americans, and they seek to elevate their mental illness to a status that is normalized within our society, and we will therefore no longer 
buy any of their products. And if this was 50 years ago, this would be a devastating announcement. But it's not because Amazon, because, you know, international markets, because local artisans. If you want to buy a doll, I, my, my recommendation is find one of these innovative shops. I'll tell you about one here. And I actually can't remember what the name of it. It's a nursery that has sprung up in a depressed area of downtown. And I, I, I love this story so much. Because this is an area of town that 20 years ago, when we first moved here, my husband and I drove through there and it was just like a gutted out, like all these beautiful buildings, but they were like gutted for every three buildings that had, that were gutted. There was one house that was, you know, like a closed in house that was functioning that someone was living in economically depressed area. And if my husband and I had been thinking we would have bought one of those buildings and just held on to it for these 20 years. But I mean, you know, we were young back then. Um, so a girlfriend of mine said she wanted to go to lunch. And um, so we went to this place. She said, I found this place. It's like my new favorite place. It's a garden, um, a garden center nursery type thing. But it's this young couple. And they built this. They bought this old warehouse and converted it into a nursery. The, the warehouse and the surrounding lots, they purchased all of it. And the surrounding lots that were vacant are now housing their plants and things that they sell. They bought a single family home and remodeled it. And inside that house, they give classes on like planting succulents, um, knitting those big fat yarn blankets, you know, anything you can think of that's a craft that a young 20, 30 something would want to do moms mostly, but you know, anybody, um, they they have those classes and you pay for the class and then they provide you with the materials and you're there for like three hours and you can have some wine and hors d'oeuvres while you're there on some of the different ones. Depends. So they have this fantastic nursery where they sell espaliered uh, apple and pear trees. Uh, it's just a gorgeous place. They sell pots. They sell the uh, wrought iron baskets that you put the you kind of uh, like straw inside of and then you put the plants in. So we go there for lunch because they have this breakfast and lunch spot. It's not open for dinner, just breakfast and lunch. So we go have lunch there. And across the street, they opened up in another building that was a little storefront in a row of storefronts, but all the other storefronts have been torn down or burned down. So the one remaining one, they remodeled it and they have inside all these handmade items. And one of the things they had was one of these local artisans, she makes these tiny little animals, but they're all made out of cloth and they're dressed in clothing. So these little dolls, think of the Peter Rabbit series where the little rabbits all run around dressed up like little Victorian English people. And so these dolls remind me of that. And they're very small. They're just perfect for small kids. And so what I'm recommending to you, Stacy on the Right Show Nation, SOTR Nation, is that we get back to the business of supporting these local smaller artisans, people who you can find them on the different craft websites on Etsy, places like that. Um, you can buy handmade items from them and that makes just as good as a gift as some plastic toy that you would buy from Mattel. And so when I say there's an option, there's another option besides Mattel, you don't have to buy their crazy whacked out mentally ill dolls. This is not something that I'm just thinking up because of that place in St. Louis that I'm talking about. This is all over, all over the country. There are people, a lot of them stay at home moms. Um, some of them local artisans who are 16, 17, Teenagers who have their own businesses where they make things from custom stationery to, um, you know, block printed T-shirts and um, all kinds of handmade, hand embroidered napkins and even people who fire up their own pottery and you can have your own set of four or six or eight bowls from them and they're in their own design that they've made. So it's like a it's a brand thing that in a 100 years people will be saying this is from the artisan so and so and these are highly prized pieces. This bowl is worth a thousand bucks, that kind of stuff might never be worth a whole lot. But what it will be worth is that your money goes to someone who made that by hand and is running their own small business and not to Mattel, who has chosen to go against us. And by us, I mean us Bible-believing worldview, Christian worldview people who are also taxpayers and spenders who actually have disposable income that we want to put somewhere. We have people to buy gifts for and they're putting their middle finger up in our face and saying, you know, we don't care about you. We care about 800,000 Americans against the larger group of Americans who just want to be left alone to practice our faith and to live as God has given us the option to do. Because remember, being a Christian and living according to God's will, this is our choice that we make. And hence, we must exercise a choice. 
because it is a choice to serve God, it is also a choice to decide what products we will buy, what businesses we will give our money to, and what worldview we will either elevate or completely obliterate through the spending of our money. And remember, he owns it all. We're stewards. So not buying things from Mattel is a choice, but it's one that we should make with our eyes wide open, knowing that it's going to have eternal consequences. Wow, that was an awesome dead stop, wasn't it? Music came on right after I stopped talking. I might be getting good at this thing. All right. (laughs) We'll be back with more after this. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. First, I hold my hands out like they're on a steering wheel. Then I look over my shoulder. One. Okay, cool guy. Two. Three times. Next. Oh, I put it in reverse. Meep, meep, meep. Then I take it up and down. Up, up, and down. And that, kiddos, is called the forklift. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now that's dancing. Sure beats flossing. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years, Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. Rachel Ray here. Nothing brings a bigger smile to my face than cooking up a big meal for the whole family and lots of friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in our country who struggle with hunger. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids. But they can't do it without your help. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Woo! Let's get crazy! In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in. Come on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro! Toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Welcome back to the show. Um, I am absolutely, uh, and I'm so grateful for people who take the time to give to the show on Patreon. So I just want to give an extra shout out and say thank you so much for doing that um, and for supporting the show, which is what enables us to continue to pay for um, what you see here. So we have monthly costs that are associated with the podcast site and with um, doing what we do here. It's It's... You know, it's the cost of doing business. Um, 
and some of those fees, like we, we do have to pay for internet access and things like that. It's not as expensive as it was back when the old place was paying for it. But then again, the old place was paying for it. So I'm saving money, but the money that is being saved is now being spent by me. So I really appreciate people who are supporters, monthly supporters of the show um, in all of the different avenues. I know some people just send a check straight over to the business address, and I so appreciate that as well. Um, It is enabling me to continue on with the show, which is what I so sincerely want to be able to do, um, and to expand the reach of the program. We're very close to 100,000 downloads. Um, And that's taken into consideration that we did lose a little bit of momentum because we had a week off last month and that week off was sorely needed. And I so appreciate people saying to me, you know, I'm so glad that you are are still there and we're still around. We're still with you. So definitely um, keep going. So that's what we're doing. All right. So you might have seen... um, this little logo, it's Quid Pro Joe 2020. I love it. I love it when people take a situation that's a negative and turn it into a positive. And that's what this is. Um, Democrats are actually under the impression that they can just take, you know, take the, their impeachment hammer and lower it on President Trump and that something's going to happen. Now, we know they can't get impeachment through the Senate. So they want to impeach him in the House so they can say he's impeached. So he's been impeached, which means nothing. Um, honestly, what did it mean to Bill Clinton? A waste of hundreds of hundreds, thousands, maybe of hours of taxpayer funded time, millions of taxpayer dollars. Um, it was embarrassing for him, certainly. Um, but it, it was also embarrassing for the Republicans and worse than anything, the American electorate, there was a backlash. There was just, people were not happy with, um, the Republicans doing what they did. So, um, in this instance, we have, we, you know, there's, there's something we can do to literally just say, we know we don't want this. And they claim they have the poll numbers on their side. They claim that the polls show that Americans are now strongly in favor of impeachment. And we know that's not true. Americans have not woken up and said, some third hand whistleblower thing means we should do impeachment. No, Americans have not said that at all. So they, they are hoping Democrats are that they're going to get Donald John Trump in front of a camera someplace and it's going to be a one day trial and an acquittal. And then they can say, well, we impeached him. He was acquitted, but we have now this new injustice to resist against. But there is something that can be done to make this more real for them to so if they're going to be in for a penny they should be in for a pound don't you think president trump should actually make them pay for the farce that they're forcing the american people to endure so you have the attorney general and inspector general who are investigating hillary clinton and robert Mueller's investigation is being investigated and Democrats should be made to make their case for impeachment, not to each other through their weird rule changes and all of that, but to the American people. Remember how they treated Justice uh, Clarence Thomas? They did that lynching to him. Remember what they did to Brett Kavanaugh? What they're still trying to do to Brett Kavanaugh? So the thing that should happen next is that the earliest possible convenience, the whistleblower should be put on the stand. The Constitution actually says that every person who is accused of a crime has the right to face their accuser. So, um, Hunter Biden needs to get on the stand. Remember how they treated Donald Trump Jr. by forcing him to come to Congress and testify over and over and over again, even though he'd done nothing wrong? They basically just beat him up because he is the president's son now i'm not saying that we have you know hunter biden should be beaten up unfairly but he should be brought in he should be brought in to be held accountable for his actions so the whistleblower hunter biden president obama are you with me here do you see the pattern 
President Obama should be brought back from the hinterlands where he's, you know, dancing on the ceiling, dancing in the streets, kicking up his heels. You know, it, it, think of any 80s or 90s song about dancing and picture Barack Obama. And that's what he's doing. He's making money and living it up. And he should be made to come in and be held accountable for what he did, which was he was part and parcel instigator and chief ne'er-do-well in Spygate. So why shouldn't he be brought in to talk and, and testify and explain himself? Let the American people see if they're, if we're going to have an impeachment inquiry, well, then let's get it on. Let's rumble. You want to, you want to dance? Let's dance. Bring these people in. Put the cameras on them. Let the Republicans ask their questions as well as the Democrats. The Democrats will softball and the Republicans will make them squirm. What did President Obama mean by telling the Russians he would have more flexibility after his election? Did he basically say to them in less than so many words that they could invade Crimea and keep it? I mean, is that an illogical assumption to make based on the chain of events? No. Great question. Um, how about if we ask President, former President Obama to explain why he made Hillary promise not to accept foreign donations to her, her fake-o, schmake-o, uh, Clinton Crime Syndicate Foundation. While we ask President Obama why he asked her to promise not to take the foreign donations, and then when she did, he looked the other way. How can a constitutional law professor like former President Obama do that and it not be a violation of the emoluments clause but dining at the Trump hotel is a violation which by the way that food is amazing if you can get to Trump hotel DC and get up in that restaurant it's on the second level y'all no kidding the food is on point you would want to go there and try it delicious five star type stuff delicious food um you know and then put President Trump on the stand let him say in his own words, not the words of pencil neck Adam Schiff. Let Trump say why he made the phone call, what he was trying to do, what he was thinking. Instead of asking all of these people who couldn't possibly know what's in his mind, why don't you ask him? I mean, if, if again, I'll repeat myself. If you want to dance, Democrats, let's dance. You want to testify? You want to have a big impeachment inquiry? Well, then let's have an impeachment inquiry and let's cover all of the bases. Let's ask every person in the deep state to parade their swampy behinds in front of the American people and explain why they get to behave that way. But when you're driving five over the speed limit, you get pulled over and you get a ticket. When your tax bill isn't paid on time, you're charged a fee. And if you don't pay all of that up real quick, you start getting other notices, mean notices from the IRS. Please, why don't we as American people who we're we're under the law, we have to follow the law. And when we break it, we're we have consequences. Why don't we have these people who wear the fancy clothes and have the drivers and are worth millions of dollars after being quote unquote public servants. Why don't we have those people explain to us, the American people, why they're above the law, but Trump associates like Manafort and others, Flynn, they've, they've all been prosecuted. So lying to Congress is only lying to Congress when you're a Republican. When you're a Democrat and you lie to Congress, you get a CNN contributorship. You get paid 120 a year, whatever it is now. I don't know what I don't know exactly how much it is, but it's it's a nice, nice paycheck for just going on TV and saying whatever they told you to say right before the camera went live. Whatever the email talking points were today, we're talking about so and so and you're coming back with and you send the talking points over. I'm not I'm not making this up. I'm not like uh, Adam Schiff. I don't have to make a parody of what happens. I've been on CNN before. I know how it works. So remember, if anybody's worried about whether President Trump can handle this, remember how quick he was on his feet when he was walking around on the Washington University debate stage with Hillary Clinton. And she said something. Who cares what she said? And Donald Trump said, because you'd be in jail. (laughs) I mean, he didn't skip a beat. And he didn't look at the, the, he didn't look for applause. He did, he did not check to see if anybody approved of that message. He just put it out there. That's what would happen. It was so 
well taken by the crowd and so seriously considered by everyone who heard it that he had to then go back afterwards and say that he wouldn't put her in jail. He wouldn't prosecute her if he became the president. Plenty of people around this country heard the way he said that and they heard the voice of the parent when, you know, there's some parents when they say, don't do that or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take away your, your, you're going to have to go in time out. I'm going to take away your, uh, your toys or I'm going to take your phone, whatever. And the kids just keep on going because they're like, my parent don't mean that. My parents never, ever follow through. I'm not worried. I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. And kids know the difference. And then there are other parents who can literally just look across the room and their kid can be jumping off a piece of furniture and that child will freeze in midair and hit the ground in the standing up position and stop jumping. There's a difference. And it's not fear or bad parenting. It's that one kid knows my mom will actually make me go to bed early tonight or my mom won't give me any dessert until this time next week if I don't stop. My mom will actually, will have a stern talking to and I'll have to, you know, I'll have to sit and think about what I've done. And, you know, for some people, my mom will make me write an essay about what the word says about how I'm doing disobedient. And so they'll stop. So everybody across the country heard the president say, cause you'd be in jail. And they heard that voice. They heard that undertone of authority and they knew something might happen. So don't worry about president Trump. This is not an exercise. in do we think he can handle it? He can handle it. If they want this, sometimes, you know, it's best to just give people what they've asked for. You know how they say the best thing and the worst thing in the world is getting what you've asked for. You ever heard that saying, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. The Democrats are asking for Donald Trump to make the case to the American people for why he should remain the president of the United States for the next four years, beginning in 2021. And I say we should let him make the case. If they want impeachment, if they want the spectacle of President Trump testifying before them, they should have it. And they should also have the spectacle of the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, who apparently could do no wrong, testifying as to why he did wrong repeatedly and was never held accountable. And then on down the line from there, from Obama, you go to Hillary. From Hillary, you go to every single one of those deep staters. You get Jim Comey back up there to lie again. He's lied to us many times. Let's hear him lie again. And let the American people watch. Two or three days tops. And when the American people are done looking at what the Democrats have actually become, the ones who still have brain synapses that fire in good working order will go to the polls and pull the lever for President Trump for four more years. And everyone else in the minority will continue to wail and gnash their teeth. And we will all get back to the business, living our lives and ignoring them. And that's what we have to do. If they want impeachment, Let's give them the kind of impeachment that if they get it right, the medicine they have, they'll never ask for it again. We're not Kool-Aid drinkers. We don't think you should bet against Donald Trump. So let's keep praying for the nation and for the president. And let's give them what they want. They want humiliation. I don't mind it. In fact, if you ask me for that, I'll give it to you. Let's get it on. Impeachment. Let's do it. They'll never do it again if we do it right. Have a great evening.